Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Uh, welcome back to the Comedy Bureau Field Report, everybody. I'm Jake Kroger, creator of the Comedy Bureau. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is a member of the Believe podcast family. Um, the time of the show where I remind everybody the name of the podcast is not Believe in the Comedy Hero Field Report, even though that is what you're reading on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your fine podcasts. Uh, it's just the name of the network, and no, it's not spelled like Believe. It's B-L-E-A-V. And, um, you know, have your feelings about that however you want to. Um, <laughs> I have yet another great guest. I mean, did you think I was not gonna have another great guest? Um, this time it is not a performer, but it is a uh, director of comedy specials, comedy documentaries, comedy television. Uh, very, very good director in my opinion and good friend, uh, Steve Finearts, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Good to be here, Jake. Yeah, thanks for, uh, joining the Comedy Bureau Field Report. I really, really appreciate it. Um, how are you? How's quarantine going? Where are you quarantined at? It's not going well. Um, no. <laughs> yes! Honesty out the <laughs> gate. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, no, there's good days and bad days like everybody else, but it's it's just been a hard uh, four months, four yeah. or five months now almost at this point. Um, how, how has that been hard for you specifically? I think it's just the creative output uh, is tough when the news is so bleak and you know you're home all the time. Um, I mean, I've yeah, you're I've in those moments. Man. It's tense. It's tense. No, I mean the the thing is, you know, luckily I'm in a good relationship and all that's been fine. That hasn't been the source of it, but I think it's you know like everybody else, you know, home all day long and not anywhere to go, and um, it just takes its toll. So you know, the things that have helped have been going on walks and drives and a couple trips, small trips. Right. Um, you know, that's been good, but you know, generally it's just, a, yeah. uh, stress levels up probably about 50%, uh, you know, yeah. but at night, in, in night I try to unwind and I think I'm able, luckily how, enough. How do you unwind, man? Um, yeah, reading sometimes, you know, trying to watch not the news. Uh, what, are, what are you reading? I'm, are you reading like what, 1984 or something? No, actually, uh, I was just re- I was reading the uh, Hunter S. Thompson um, Proud Highway, uh, the writer, uh, the the letters. I was just kind of just just scanning. I'm not I'm not actually reading anything like from start to finish. I'm just yeah. picking up books that I like and um, and just kind of going back and rereading things. Uh, there's a screenwriting book too that uh, we just started looking at. I forget the name of it, but I just picked it up. Um, Is it about pilot writing? No, God, no. I do have Save the Cat. <laughs> we all have Save the Cat. But sometimes it's right, It's good to like see what the fuck, you know. It helps. Uh, here's Save the Cat right here, actually. That's so funny. <laughs> I have all these books. For those this, listening, he really did pull Save the Cat. That wasn't a bit. This is the one that I'm reading now. It's called The Hero Succeeds. We just started reading that. Hero um, Succeeds. Oh, is that is like a like a corollary to Hero's Journey or something? Uh, I don't know if it is. It's it definitely takes the. It definitely does take the hero. Yeah, the hero's journey a little bit uh, to heart. But it's a long one. I'm just kind of jumping into it. I don't know. Sometimes it helps to just look at those books. Gives me a little refresher. Sure. Know. Um, have you gotten to be? Have you done your King Lear in quarantine? What side of the the divide do you fall on that? Like, have I written a masterpiece in quarantine? Yeah. 
Uh, no, definitely not. I've written a lot of uh, short treatments for ideas for things, um, like sure. two, three page uh, pitches. And, and, uh, and yeah, we're pitching a show uh, in quarantine, which is kind of bizarre. Right. Over Zoom. But no, I haven't written out like a long script or anything like that. To be honest, I don't know that anybody has. I mean, maybe somebody's finished like a script or a novel or but like the, like, I mean, who knows whether it would be later down the line regarded as like King Lear or something. But I feel like we're all so collectively traumatized every day. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. how could, how, just the energy, the fact that I cook, work out, like run the bureau, um, like do errands, chores, work out. Like that's a lot. That's a lot it, for one day. Yeah. And that I mean, I I I need to do all those things or else I'll just go crazy. But I yeah, when I tell people that they're like, Wow, that's I just like hung out with my dog. Yeah, yeah. Well there's the good crazy and the bad crazy too, because I, I do get that when I'm when I'm not doing what I want to do, sometimes uh, I'll get so stressed out that I'll go on a, you know, I have to go on a drive, play the music really loud, and then I'll have a breakthrough <laughs> while yeah. I'm driving or like I'll have some sort of a creative breakthrough that, that stems from me going, right. you know, mildly crazy. What so, is the soundtrack to your breakthrough, Steve? Oh my God, that's a good question. Lately, it's been uh, Phoebe Bridger's new album. That's been- Ooh, Punisher, very yeah. good. We yeah, just listened to I See You over and over. So good. That sounds so good. Kyoto, it everything. It's all that album's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's a tough time for everybody. Not like I'm, you know, I'm luckily luckily enough to have a, a roof over my head and like bills are paid and I'm right. doing fine in that regard, but it's, you know, it's a tough 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 time. Yeah. I get that. Uh, I mean, that's why I start this podcast with a check-in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh god. Just to, like just get the therapy out of the way right off the get top. Get the therapy out of the way. I mean, it is my sincere belief that if you ask somebody, and then probably I would say for the next calendar year, how are you doing? You better be invested in a deep, probably very sad answer. <laughs> I mean, I've always been like, how are you doing? I'm always, I'm always just like, I'm fine. I just, I don't usually want to bore people with it only because I know how right can lead to so much more. And then everybody's just like, you know, talking about the pain that they're going through. But mm-hmm. We're all in this together. This is a, you know, Trump nightmare <laughs> that could oh, have been averted. Sure. Yeah. I mean, as I, I think I've sort of stated this since 2015, that that guy is so dedicated to the belief that he is never wrong that, well, I think it's probably too late to just outright impeach him. But if he gets voted out of office and then he gets brought up on charges and convicted and then put in prison and like then interrogated in prison by some secret, like, I don't know. Right. Uh, You know, as Eddie Pepitone likes to say, you know, and I agree with him, Trump is off putting, you know, mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. first and foremost. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's, it's a nightmare, but hopefully uh, we got what five more months of this torture. Maybe that'll be it and see how much more damage he can do. Um, I'm hopeful he'll be he'll be gone, but again, knock on wood. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see what happens for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I remember. Well, the you know, do, do you feel like this with the 
and we'll get back to comedy in a second, everybody. No, <laughs> no comedy. No comedy? It's dead? Is that your stance? Should I just stop doing this podcast? People don't want comedy anymore. Comedy's huh? dead. Comedy's dead. The show? The next- you remember that show? That happened <laughs> in the forever, Hollywood Forever Cemetery? Comedy is dead? I do remember that show. I remember when the, the, the women uh, guys took over that show yeah. a few times. Maybe that's a show that we could do because it'll be outside. It's probably a good idea. See if the Just, cemetery is open for us. No one share a mics. That's my big issue. And I've seen mm-hmm. people do outdoor shows, and it seems like everyone is sharing a mic, and that is bad. I've heard, yeah, I heard there's a story recently where a bunch of people got it from sharing a microphone. Oh, I think it was exactly. Did, yeah. did you think that was not going to happen? I know it's insane. I saw all these New York shows, everybody sharing a mics outside, and it's like oh, I don't God. think I don't think I appreciate the initiative, but I feel like just you taking like a fucking Clorox wipe to a microphone mm-hmm. is going to a damage the microphone over a long period of time. Yeah. And then also that's not going to do it. I don't think. Yeah, probably not. You I don't know. I am not a, I'm not a scientist, but I'll tell you, um, <laughs> probably not a good idea to spit on a thing and give it to somebody else. Uh, right. right well, no, I mean, the thing is, so it's not just the microphone. You have the mic and the head, which I'm assuming that's yeah. the majority of the part that they clean and maybe part of like the actual mm-hmm. handle. But then you have where it connects to the XLR cable mm. and then uh, the mic stand. And like, you're going to disinfect that shit all the time between, is it like, no. No, you can't do that. That's uh, especially uh, most co- comedy shows, which are just horrible. Uh, yeah. Nobody's doing that. Oh, by the way, I, I just got a uh, I just got a lovely citizen app alert that a person was robbed on Hillhurst and Finley, which is I don't want to give it away too much, but it's very close to where I live. Incredibly yeah, it, close. It, it, I would say, how about this? It's a one mile radius of where you live. Yeah, so that's good. That's cool. a good thing. Citizen app, thank you. <laughs> I I am not on. I don't have Nextdoor or the Citizen app, um, mostly because so many people have it and they talk about it that I don't feel like I don't need it. Nextdoor app I, I dabbled with and then I just got off because it was weirdly sort of conservative or like neoliberal, like kind of mildly racist. And I just didn't like the vibe. I was just right. like, Ugh, I don't want to be And Citizen here. app isn't? I, you know, Citizen app, I just like to know where the crime's happening in the oh, moment, sure. like just to avoid where to go. You know, that's all just like, like Frogger avoiding crime wherever I... Yeah, but crime can happen anywhere, Steve. It's true. It's true. Um, it was one of the one of the first lessons my dad taught me that I were very it sticks with me about life is that um, if somebody really wants to kill you, they will. Mm, that's true. <laughs> that's a good look. He told you that when you were like you were like two years eight, old. He's like eight. Eight. That's really bad. Before the the birds and the bees, he told you that you're going to die. Oh, they didn't even give me a birds and bees talk. Oh, no. Oof. Oh, yeah. No. uh, Should we do that now? All right. So (laughs) (laughs) when um, I actually don't even know. Well, actually, you'd have to do it different now. Like if two people of any sort of place on the gender spectrum love each other. Good. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, yeah. What? Yeah. This whole like. Yeah. Let's get. Can we get into that? Or are we? Are we on the topics? Because I want to get into this whole. This whole like thing about everybody's like. Ah, oh, cancel culture. This that. It's insane. Um, why don't we? Why don't we get? Uh, put a pin in that. All right. We'll get, we'll get that. And we'll, let's run feeling. through. Run through uh, news headlines because there's comedy right. news. Everybody, believe it or not, even though uh, COVID nineteen cases are spiking up all over the globe and then things are reclosing, um, comedy is still happening. Believe mm-hmm. it or not. Um, 
we'll go through this really quick and then we'll talk about cancel culture and other things. Um, so really quickly, uh, just for laughs, um, just announced that they are going to have some festivals this year, but they're going to make them all virtual. Um, the Comedy Pro uh, Conference, the Comedy Con uh, that happens in Montreal, the JFL Toronto, um, is all going to be virtual. And then they're going to try some hybrid stuff where there'll be uh, quote-unquote on-stage performances, um, probably without an audience, depending on, mm -hmm. I don't know, the progression of how things are going to go in Quebec and Canada where Montreal is for the the, ju the juice pourrir. Uh, I'm sure I totally butchered that. So let me ask you this. So they're going to do new faces on Zoom. Is that what you're saying? I mean, they might. I don't think they got into that. But like, you know, what difference would it make, Steve, if they did new faces I, on Zoom? I don't think that should happen. <laughs> I'm sure. against that. That seems like, how about we just put a pin in uh, new faces until there's an audience? Because I can't imagine the fear I would feel being a comedian and some of you may be listening to this right now who are new faces, uh, mm -hmm. this year. And, and, uh, you know, I, I wish you well, but you know, fight, please fight that fight to not, yeah. to not have to do it on zoom because yeah. uh, you're in your apartment. I, and It doesn't feel the, like yeah, the right yeah. place to be doing your, I effect. think they're going to use a lot of pre-recorded material. Okay, good. That should probably be the case. Though. Yeah. But I mean, would it be crazy to just like send a press release of the new faces and then just get their best clip online and just like, Hey, watch this. They're good. They're great. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's probably, that's probably a better way of going about it. Sending a good clip, but not everybody has a good clip. You know, not everybody's got a good one. So yeah. Like moi. Uh, <laughs> I have, uh, oh, I, yeah, like, I will say, I, Oh, sorry. Sorry, Jake. I go for it. Oh, I was just going to say, I like uh, tried to get on some shows that weren't in uh, Los Angeles and they asked for a clip and the best clip that I currently have uh, that is most recent is a story I told about how I fought my mom in Taekwondo for her black belt and uh, mm. I really beat her up. Oh my God. It's a great story. And it's told very well, but you know, I don't know that it really encourages people for than to have me on their stand-up show. <laughs> I will say one uh, piece of advice, I will say uh, doing this mm -hmm. a little bit, is that getting uh, stuff on tape really does help. And yet, and it's not very costly. Like you, there's a bunch of people out here with cameras and sure. we'll do it for 20 bucks or a drink or something just to come yeah, out for an hour. It's just elusive though. What do you mean? And like like trying to get the set, the, ta the tape. Do like, it, try it, like get, do three of them, get three, get three takes of it you know over the course of i the yeah year. no i was on i was on the war path for that before lockdown and i just i got stuff that looked really good yeah and sounded really good it just didn't hit right it didn't hit right like it felt like a hit on stage mm. and then when i watched it back there was just like that's the that's the crux of it there's always one moment that would fuck it up another tip Take dead laughs from uh, old <laughs> multi-cam sitcoms and put them on your hand. Laugh. Oh, your, do what Bill Maher does for real time now. Oh, right, 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 right. That's yeah. Yeah, Bill just Maher. and not not only cut in the audio, just cut to the audience. Right. That is clearly yep. not watching you. Yep. Yeah. Talking about the talking about how kids these days are uh, are weak. 
<laughs> oh, cool. That's a, what a great neoliberal stance to have. Yeah. Talking about how young people should go out and get the virus because that's this is their struggle and they need to they need to be the ones to get the virus for the old people. Meanwhile, you know, this dangerous dangerously close to Ivanka's uh, was it Ivanka's or Melania's thing about find something new. Uh, oh, that was Ivanka. Yeah, like find something new. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, we're living in wild times. Yeah, it's uh. Yeah, it turns out history can be very not fun to live through. Yeah, yeah. Here's something new. I'm going to be on the streets now, and I'm yep. going to come knock on your door, Ivanka, <laughs> and see how you're doing. Yeah, um, man. For all the, that I learned about how our system of government works, it seems as though going to government officials' houses works better than waiting for an election. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely works in LA. Mm-hmm. It seems to be. It seems to be. Um, I. Yeah, I guess this is a slippery slope to talk about. But yeah, I do think I do think that sort of um, that sort of tactic works for sure, and I think sure. it works with not just uh, politicians, but also you know billionaires. You know, I yeah. think they're all a reason fear of uh, of some sort of uh, uh, you know takeover, and I and I think. Not to get too political, but uh, you know, do BLM, it. BLM has been incredible, and it's yeah. been it's been so good, and it's building oh, and building. Controversial building. stance, Steve. No, <laughs> no, no. I'm about to turn it into something. No, no. no. Okay, okay. Could you imagine if that's all? That was my stance. <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm really for Black Lives Matter. That's really like, no, but if it turns into something other, um, along with it, that's that's really, um substantive about a wealth tax about you know education and eventually becomes a larger issue um, that pushes joe biden and the democrats to really get some serious things done um, outside of getting the police defunded or you know restructured that's number one that's first and foremost but it needs to turn into like a wealth disparity uh conversation because that nothing is going to matter if the education system in lower income communities are are still in bad shape and and also you know billionaires making billions while you know everybody gets poor it's not really sustainable so yeah and uh then what would be the be the point of comedy then um they might as well go for that stupid like algorithm that they try to have write and tell jokes that are so bad. Comedy's not going to work and it's not going to work. And that's the sad thing about it. Cause there's so many great comics, but if we're in a severe depression next year, mm-hmm. um, you can do all the comedy you want for all your friends and, and everything. Right. And, you know, and people are going to want a little distraction, but it ain't going to really resonate because there's going to be so many people in pain and, right. and going through this. If- That'll be the interesting thing, because the people that were already big are going to be fine. I mean, you already see Burke Kreischer and Jim Gaffigan like touring, doing drive-ins. There's a lot of that happening in the UK. Podcasting, podcasting will be going very strong. Podcasting will continue to be strong, and if you have a big following, that will sustain you, and you'll probably be able to still do stuff. Um, and it's it'll be curious to see how they reckon with the the zeitgeist of you know what's going on and even beyond trying to like not seem tone deaf of just like you know i mean the week that george floyd floyd got murdered yeah most comedians most of comedy i would say in my estimation was just like not only is it 
like how should we be funny but like do, do i even want to be funny right now i don't know that i do yeah yeah it's a uh, it's it's a hard thing to do. I mean, only a few comics that I know can really make that funny. Eddie is one of them. You know, he can take it and you know yeah. make it funny. It's very it's very hard to do, and it's also yeah. like, do you want to do that? It's a it's like a tightrope thing. Like you don't want to come off as mm-hmm. you know callous or or even like just just distant uh, emotionally from what people are going through. So it's a right. slippery slope, but comedy still got to be fun. And uh, you know, you don't want to just get lectured to either. So it's, nope. uh, you know, it's tough and all on zoom. It's not easy either. You know? No, it's not. People get better every week. I mean, I know I keep yeah. saying that every week, but they really, really do. Totally. Um, anyhow, uh, JFL is not the only place that's going virtual. Adult swim is throwing their first uh, virtual adult swim con which will be happening this weekend, um, Thursday through Saturday, July 23rd through the 25th. They'll be having panels and Q&As and all that. Uh, Robot Chicken, uh, Samurai Jack, uh, Rick and Morty. There will be a musical performance by Flying Lotus. Uh, um, and Last podcast? Are they doing something? Uh, not at the moment, but I wouldn't be surprised if yeah. last podcast ended up doing something. They certainly left the door open for it. And, uh, for any last podcast on the left fans out there, uh, I'm sure they would want to see that because their a book tour that they had slated for, you know, right when lockdown started was postponed until about mm. now. And now that has been further postponed till next year in Whoa. 2021. All right. Um, that's a fun, that's a fun journey I've always had. So every week, uh, to research what's going on, I check the venue calendars of everything that has comedy at all in, in around LA and the last several months have just been empty just to like no events, but like empty calendar. Are there, are there going to be outdoor shows like at the improv? Cause they got that big, uh, that big park. So lot. from my understanding, that is the plan um you know garcetti and newsom um keep changing stuff all the time yeah. and so there there's constant having to readapt and they look they want to be safe about it too they don't really want to put people in danger um they want to have passive plans and um like make sure people are distanced and wearing masks and all that jazz but um yeah, people are really trying stuff. Uh, for those people who aren't in LA or aren't aware, the Comedy Store is even trying some, like, I mean, this is like really out there where there's a patio and a parking lot and they have seating where people are distanced and there's a screen in which they project a live stream of performers on stage in the actual Comedy Store doing something, whether it's a podcast mm-hmm. or a show. Yeah. Um, so no one is actually in the theater, in the showroom watching them, um, but people are outside watching. Okay, them. got it. And uh, I haven't been to that yet, but I mean, it, it's weird, but it's something, you know? I heard, uh, was it Hunter Hill has that super secret right. thing? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is the most future. Yeah. So there's like a wall of TVs where yeah. uh, that are uh, formatted. So individual people that are on Zoom can watch. Uh, somebody do stand up on like a TV set. Uh, mm. and the performer gets to look at, um, you know, probably a, a version of their nightmare. <laughs> Just like <laughs> a bunch of video yeah. screens with people's like, faces on them. 
Yeah. I mean, I would be, Oh God, I can't imagine if somebody looks unhappy, it's, it's right there. You would know it. Yeah. Because, uh, for anyone listening who hasn't ever done stand up, there's, uh, sometimes if the venue is, or the club is properly set up, you won't be able to see the audience. Yeah. So you won't see their faces and what's going on. Yeah. And if they're bright right there for you, it's so bizarre. So that's for the performer. Are they filming those and then putting those on like, um, as of right now, I, I assume that they're filming it some way, somehow, but I think they're keeping it to exclusively a live audience. Right. Yeah. Um, it's a good, it's a good idea. I mean, Hey, good idea. Yeah. We've got to figure out new ideas uh, until this gets back to uh, semi-normal. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think something outdoors, I think if if you did a combination of like outdoors and um, you could live stream that. Yeah. A decent audio. Um, that might be something. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably and, true. And then any like- Huh? Or like in or inside, and everybody gets in like and gets in like a bubble, you know, like the was it the flaming lips uh, video they did? Mm-hmm. Where everybody was in a bubble. That would be interesting for stand up. That doesn't really work. That's a, that's more of a music. Thing. It's a more a, a music thing. Um, <laughs> also, like I mean, if you're drinking, like I mean, you're gonna have to get out of your bubble to like go to the bathroom, right? That's true. You could you could do everything in the bubble if you really wanted to. Oh, you're gonna have a catheter in the bubble. Yeah, or just make a mess in the bubble and then, you know, take it. Oh, I think that's going to be like, uh, like you break it, you buy it. Like, all right, if you fucking pee in our bubble, it's... You you maybe to... you pay for your bubble. Maybe you're paying <laughs> for your bubble in addition to your ticket, you know, which, sure. so you can't leave your bubble until the show's over. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to really... give up your phone. <laughs> all right, I'll go 50-50 with you on this one, Jake. So... <laughs> I mean, I, you know, if somebody tried that, I'm sure people would like give it a shot because people are just like, I feel like Ian Abramson would probably uh, go for that. Yes. I feel like Ian would definitely not, he would also put himself in the bubble. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. He would, he would put his life on the line for comedy. He's one of the few that I, Uh, and he has, uh, he was the first guest on this podcast. And, uh, for those who don't remember, he put a shot collar on his neck, (laughs) went on Conan to be shocked by an audience member when he told the joke that they didn't like. I remember that. Yeah. Um, And I have never known anybody else in comedy to do anything like that. Yes. I was at Conan for that. I was there, uh, yeah, with him for that one. Uh, so really quickly, other just a couple more news items. Um, SNL is uh, possibly planning a return to Studio 8H later this fall for season 46. Um, they, of course, they probably wouldn't have an audience, and it'd be limited crew. Um, and you know, any guests would probably be re- done remotely, kind of like Conan is doing with his show done at Largo. Um, what are your feelings about that as a director uh, who has directed TV before? Um, I feel like it's, it's, uh, it's everything you hate about plays. <laughs> <laughs> um, like what, Steve? 
and then without an audience uh no i i don't know i i we'll see i mean it's better than the zoom comedy so you know i don't know do you think snl will have to get funnier that's a good question um because they don't have like an audience I think maybe the, yeah, it's maybe a little bit more pressure to actually um, write some really good material. Um, yeah, they'll realize that Alec Baldwin's Trump impression is one note. <laughs> well, it's also like, yeah, it's also like almost writing a single camera um, show as opposed to like a multi-camera in a way, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, you don't have the audience laughing with you, so you kind of have to make it work. Yeah. In the moment, you know, yeah. it's like, I guess, curb, curb enthusiasm versus Seinfeld, you know, on a simple term. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to make something that's just genuinely funny that you don't need to be guided along with uh, audience laughing, which sometimes I find stand up is like that, too. Right. I find sometimes stand up, you know, um, cheap laughs uh, will force you to laugh. And that sometimes takes the, the piss out of everything. Um, so maybe it'll be maybe it'll be a good exercise and they'll learn, they'll learn a lot. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, it, it is a question of like why they would even do that. I mean, I, I think it's great that Conan's re- going shooting his show from Largo because that means that Largo gets to survive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, but, that's but Fallon has gone back to his studio and to do the Tonight Show, and SNL is presumably going to go to back to Studio 8H. And mm-hmm. I just wonder, I don't know. I mean, familiarity uh, and going back to normal, I mean, as much as we all want that, I mean, it like, I mean, even if there was a vaccine tomorrow, yeah, n- like we are all carrying this time with us. So uh, the idea of going completely back to normal is just gone. Yeah. I, I don't think we're going back to normal at all uh, until probably, I mean, get like close maybe like spring or summer of next year when everybody has uh with a brain has the vaccine you know and doesn't no uh, you know who will get to live like we lived in february who the people that are born right now okay i see that they they grow they they they're gonna grow up and not really have any sense of the gravity of this time and then things will probably be figured out in some way shape or form by the time that they're you know, self-aware. Yeah. Well, and, and, they'll probably have chips in their head if uh, Elon Musk has his way. <laughs> All fuck living- that. I don't want to <laughs> listen to music in my fucking brain, dude. It sounds like a real bummer. That that whole idea of like being connected to a, um, mm-hmm. you know, an AI situation. I don't really find it appealing. I kind of like no. to just, you know, be kept a, kept to myself and not have to be tied to a machine. I'm already trying to detach from my, my, my fucking phone. Right. Which I feel like I'm, uh, I'm obliged to look at every five minutes. Um, right. I feel like uh, Karen Kilgariff made a great point about Quibi on My Favorite Murder about this, of like how Quibi hasn't worked. And she was mm. saying how um, it's not like we are on our phones because we're addicted. Like we don't want to be on them more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Like you're yeah. making us want to, you're making Quibi under the premise that we want to be on our phones. No, I would really love to not be on my phone more than I have to. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. I and mean, we all know it was, it seems like a flawed thing. We don't know. Maybe they'll turn it around. So I don't want to also be like somebody who's sure. like shooting on Quibi and then right. a year from now I'm pitching Quibi, you know, and begging Quibi to take my show. Um, <laughs> I don't know if, um, this year has 
been the reason they didn't work for them. It definitely didn't help that yeah. everybody's home and wants to watch things on their big screen. But um, you know, it, uh, we'll see. We'll see. They're they're going through it probably right now. I'm sure people working over there is probably hell. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I think a lot of the stuff that they had in the pipeline was very interesting and worth checking out. But I yeah. think there could have been. They probably should have done a rollout of like some like it wasn't like the, their initial roll rollout would have allowed for you to watch some stuff not on your phone. Yeah. Oh God. It should have. I mean, yeah. It should have been an app on your TV. We know that. It should have mm-hmm. just been an app on your TV. It shouldn't have been just short form on your TV. Right. That's fine. And then well, also because there is, I would say there's probably a generational divide in terms of like, um, there are people who are just used to watch, like people who, who watch Netflix on their phone. Yeah. Like they they would be probably up for watching Quibi on their phone. I would never watch a Netflix series on my phone ever. No. Me either. Me either. I mean, yeah, I think it's a definitely generational thing. I mean, if they were, if it was just a money play to make something that is successful, I, w- I can't imagine why they wouldn't just aim at like twelve year old, like twelve to twenty year olds, and just just have shows by TikTok influencers and give them five minutes, ten minute shows, and then just aim it at them and just make it ad based and don't right. even do uh, subscription based and just make a ton of money that way. I I don't know. Mm-hmm. it's lost on me i don't know anybody my age um like 35 and up who's like watching things that are um on their phone that's more than like two minutes long you know sure it's bizarre. Are, well are, are those people now getting into tiktok i mean i got <laughs> i got eddie on the tiktok <laughs> I mean, what does eddie do on tiktok does, I mean, he, I, rant, does he rant to top 40 <laughs> hey he doesn't really do the he doesn't really do the things they say like the trends and the and all that but um I had him do some uh, Sven the Clowns. Uh, oh, fun. TikTok, and then I just put him up on there. I have his TikTok on my phone. I think he's logged in a few times. This was an idea to help promote the special. <laughs> and, you know, I lost interest in <laughs> doing the TikTok. Oh, there it is. Oh, geez. oh, you know, just popped up on my phone is Jake Adams. Popped up on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Adam Ray just popped up too. Wow. Everybody's doing I, TikTok. I, I, what I would imagine Eddie doing on TikTok, Eddie Pepitone, um, would be like him trying to do a dance challenge and then stopping like five seconds in to say like, you know that there are thousands of people who have starved and are dying in Yemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, just have him start with something cute and then end with uh, something political. That would be good. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. The Navajo spend- nations are the most vulnerable in the United States for COVID-19. <laughs> right, right. Just get into it. Yeah. That's not yeah. a bad idea. Yeah. Well, we'll see if it ever happens. Eddie's not interested in TikTok and I'm neither am I. So yeah, it's a good company. A, I, dude, I get it. Um, last news story. Um, I see. I always try to get through these quickly and they never go quickly. Um, the Satellite LA, which was a beloved indie venue for both music and comedy, um is not exactly closing but they're transforming into a restaurant and uh, as of right now they are ceasing to have live performances that's sad yeah it's i love so that place sad. uh both me and you would go to plenty of shows uh that would happen there often on sundays um mm. 
it was the sort of place to go see like kind of outside the box weird comedy, whether it's like Neil Hamburger or John Early or uh, Johnny Pemberton and Josh Fadum. Yeah. 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 Whitmer. Whitmer. Yeah. Uh, if anyone watches a, a, a Whitmer Thomas's HBO special, the golden one that was largely developed at the satellite and the lyric Hyperion uh, also in Silver Lake. Um, and uh, that place, I mean, it isn't gone, but um, it's not going to be the same. Have you heard that if they're going to do a live performance at the restaurant slash bar? Uh, I have not, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's in the cards or up their sleeve. Feel feels like they should probably do some something like that. If it's the same, is it the same owners and they're just changing it, or I don't know the details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same owners, and, and they're just oh. like because Phase Four, which is what you know, live entertainment falls under. Yeah. Of reopening, um, it keeps like we don't have no fucking idea when that's going to be a thing. Yeah. And so, like you know, um, they keep they're like, all right, to uh, stay afloat, like we got to do well, something else. I remember when that place was Spaceland before the satellite and that was just a, just a cool rock club and then uh, turned into satellite. And now I'm, you know, maybe it'll turn into a, a restaurant with, uh, with comedy and music. You never know. I, I'm hopeful. I mean, if it's the same owner, maybe, right. maybe he'll uh, cave at some point and do a couple nights a week of uh, performance. You never know. Yeah, I hope so. But that's a bummer. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a bummer. Um, I mean, uh, you, people listening, you might've seen posts on social media, uh, of people's memories of the satellite, but certainly it was like, um, if you wanted to go see like some cutting edge stuff or stuff before it blew up, um, that often was the place to go when they had live comedy shows. Yes. Yes. Um, even though they had a, <laughs> such a weird setup, yeah, very weird. And no mirror in the bathroom. Uh, I always remember that. You can't look at yourself after you go to the bathroom and wash your hands. You, yep. No opportunity to see if you look like a piece of shit. Yep. <laughs> Some of the comedy shows wouldn't have chairs. Uh, you'd have to stand. Um, some I, I remember there have been evenings of Neil Hamburger that had two or three intermissions. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> and no one would leave. Which is, oh, and also your car would get would get uh, towed after 11 o'clock, I believe, uh, in the uh-huh. area. So if you parked on the wrong side. Of, which was uh, like most of the area was 11 o'clock. Like you, you, right. you'd have to really get a good spot. Um, and that was impossible. <laughs> so, it was like, <laughs> yeah. so always, I always left at like 10.50 every show, even though like Neil Hamburger <laughs> was going to go on and I still would leave. Um, right. And I love, I love uh, Greg, but I just didn't want to get towed. So, Is there a more LA story than that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would always just come early to get a, a, a spot where that wasn't the case because there was one side of the street where they, that wasn't the thing. Well, you're a responsible person. I, I just show up uh, and the show's already started. You mm-hmm. know, like rolling. And then I would just go get ice cream at milk. And, uh, you know, yeah. milk's still there. It is. <laughs> oh, milk will be fine. They're fine. Ice cream's going to be fine in the pandemic, guys. Fast food will be fine. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. Um, so, I mean, question mark, question mark, RIP a little bit, the satellite, at least yeah. as we remember it. Um, have you been listening, watching anything comedy wise or otherwise you'd like to recommend? Yeah. 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 Well, I always love last podcast on the left, which I already mentioned. That's oh, it's great. Favorite thing. Um, 
Uh, let's see. Let's do a couple comedy things. Um, I actually kind of like this is a show that I thought that I was going to hate and I liked it. it was the morning show on Apple. Oh, really? I kind of liked it. I, I, the trailer seemed great. I haven't, I don't have Apple TV plus, but good show. Not bad. It I, looked I heard, like I heard, it would be good. It was very, very well acted. And uh, Billy is like the it. first is the pilot bad or something. Is that what? Uh, like, pilot's like, okay. Pilot's okay. Because okay. it got a lot of initial negative press. Yeah, yeah. The pilot. If you if you if you don't like the pilot, stick around because Billy Crudup is like, I mean, he deserves an Emmy. He's so mm-hmm. funny and dark and uh, very realistic. As like a network executive, it was oh, like sure. the network trailer And then uh, tuning out the news on CBS All Access, I find that very. Oh, Colbert's uh, too like like same day yeah yeah the writing is great i don't know who writes on the show um but i know meg stalter is uh, a voice and she's brilliant love meg stalter um but yeah they put this out every day cbs all access i don't pay for it danielle is uh she works at viacom so we get the should we get the viacom password but uh that uh that's for comedy that's it and then i would say um i'll be gone in the dark the documentary right. series uh, on HBO. Right. Also, I don't pay for it. My my dad has HBO, so I take that uh, take that as well. This is these are the tricks. These are the tricks. Yeah. Non comedy sidebar about I'll be gone in the dark. Do you you know in the reimagining public safety? I mean, that's what we're supposed to be doing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you think that detectives will more be reallocated to be more like Michelle McNamara? What was that? I'm sorry. I missed the, the question on it. Well, like, so if we're supposed to be defunding the police yes. um, and looking for alternative ways for transformative and restorative justice, right? Yes. Um, do you think that's going to involve more citizen-like detectives? Vigilante detectives. Um, like Michelle McNamara. Because, yeah, I mean, like, she didn't do it alone. I want to make that clear. No, you're right. There's already a pretty growing uh, group of that. Um, there's like vigilante detectives that are online. That's a it's a huge thing. It's like all over Reddit and all that stuff. Um, but uh, uh, but yeah, I think it'll get more and more. I don't know if it's. I don't know if, if defunding the police is fully going to be the reason why. I think it's already happening. No, it's already it'll, happening. But I think it'll be even bolstered. I don't know if people. Maybe. Made Maybe, that connection. Yeah. yeah, you might be right. I think it's also the the world of like my favorite murder and all these podcasts that are like these crime uh, podcasts that everybody wants to be an at home sleuth. And uh, sure. it's a great idea, but uh, also da- incredibly dangerous. I don't. Sure. I'm happy to do it uh, without uh, talking to any uh, suspects. Sure. Well, also, where's the accountability and oversight over those people? Right. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. You know. I think it's a free for all like this country is uh, currently. Um, oh yeah, it is. And the other thing I was going to say is uh, hypernormalization. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, the Adam Curtis documentary. It was a no. BBC documentary. It's mm-hmm. called Hypernormalization. It's on YouTube. Um, it's an incredible documentary. It kind of breaks down, you know, our country and our place in the world and how the, you know, how the banks and shadow banks and all this have kind of been running our politics since the seventies. Um, oh, sure. uh, was that? Oh, sure. No, how soft money and dark money, which yeah. people don't think about and how even as unsexy as campaign finance reform well, sounds, it is the, I think the linchpin for everything. Yeah, I agree. I agree. This actually is not, and that, that is also a huge topic. This one, when I say shadow banks is actually 
more so about like algorithms that were created um, that that banks like Goldman, like the Goldman Sachs and many banks use these sorts of algorithms to uh, resist any sort of um, risk, avert any risk and uh, and everything's sort of built on these algorithms, which ties it into AI and all that. And it's a, it's a pretty dense uh, documentary, but uh, it's really, really good. And we learned a lot. It's like three hours long, but it's, it's fucking incredible. It's called hypernormalization. Really highly recommended. You, a lot of people have probably heard of it. Is there anything funny in it? Uh, <laughs> the music's kind of the music and the, the use of archival footage uh, is like is really is actually pretty funny. He's got yeah. like humor with that, but it's incredibly dark too. Cool, 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 cool. Shout out to archival footage, by the way. Where would we? Where would content be without archival footage in these times? Yeah, where would uh, yeah, where would any documentaries be too? Just I mean, I, all every every commercial you see has not been produced live in person. It is all being rolled. That it is true. That is true. I haven't gotten. I you know I started directing commercials uh, last year, and I haven't uh, I haven't gotten any calls <laughs> this year because I think they're doing everything. They're doing everything at home on the on the cheap and and using archival footage, like you said. You know. But, yeah. So with I mean, once we get everything solved, we gotta like support live in-person production <laughs> yeah yeah um i would say the the thing i got to hear this week um kyle canane has a new album coming out called trampoline in a ditch um Ooh. that is wonderful as you might imagine kyle canane is i think one of the premier comedians working today um just the way he paints images with words is just beautiful and yeah um yeah he is uh, you know i mean it's almost like if there if there was such a thing as a comedian laureate laureate of america yeah <laughs> oh i agree he could be it. yeah he'd be the, <laughs> kyle can would be the comedian laureate of america and this album is definitely oh. a proof of that it is like an hour of new stuff oh, cool. and then um sort of like bootlegs b-sides rarities uh as was even said in the press release that was sent to me of stories that have that were too long to put on another album so the album is actually longer than your typical comedy album uh, but because nobody buys cds anymore who cares might Uh, as well just give it away why not yeah so it's definitely over 80 minutes um it's yeah it's great it's really really great and you check it out kyle's one of my favorites love kyle kyle's really great uh that comes out this week july 24th uh, again, that's Kyle trampoline in a ditch. Um, so that's the end of recommendations. So what's going on with you, Steve? What are you working on? What have you been working on? Was did, did COVID-19 or quarantine, uh, cut things down for you? Yeah, it did. It cut things down for me. I mean, so you know, it's okay. No, I had a, I had a thing that was going to shoot, uh, um, I think probably this month it was going to shoot and that, that guy totally canceled so that was a that was a big uh bummer but um you know we had eddie pepitones for the masses came out uh one of the best specials of 2020 i would say we shot yeah we shot it in 2019 but it's uh but it's here in 2020 and it fits i think it fits the vibe entirely and arguably more relevant even though we had yeah, no idea yeah. We did, yeah. he didn't mention pandemics uh in the no but it's still like <laughs> Outside it's, of that it's pretty good yeah yeah pretty much on the money no i think uh yeah i think that run resonated with a lot of people i'm really i'm really proud of it and we spent a lot of a lot of blood sweat and uh tears working on that one because it was the budget was small but we got a lot of favors and really you know worked with eddie on right you know it was about six years of material so 
you know, Eddie. <laughs> really, six years of material? It was all, no, I mean, we went through, I mean, I had, we had Eddie recording because Eddie's not the, you know, Eddie's, he's, uh, he gets on stage and he rants, you yeah. know, and he does, and it's, it starts somewhere and then ends somewhere else. But right. when you're filming, especially, you can't fully rely on that unless you're filming like 10 shows, you know, right. we didn't have the money for that. Right. So we had Eddie record all of his shows in 2018, I think, in early 2019, hundreds and hundreds of shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just went through that. I had a friend just listening the, at the best sets and we kind of whittle it down. And then we, right. Eddie and all of us, we kind of like, or the few of us went through it and picked our favorite bits and then Eddie picked his. It was, it was an interesting thing. It's not a typical way you put out a comedy special, but, but Eddie's not your typical comic. So no, we figured, no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, definitely every performance of Eddie Pepitone almost feels like a bootleg unto itself. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it does. It does. And yeah, it, this and, one. And yeah, it's special for that. Right. I feel like this one was. Uh, it was. It wasn't like a best of. His last one in ruins was a best of his whole career. I would say sure. up until that point. Right. This one was just like lots of rants, lots of things that we found little moments here and there, and just right. trying to and him going up at the comedy store a lot, honed his honed his skills, and he's gotten so much better. Sure. As just a live performer. Um, Right. And this one, it, it felt very, I think this one felt even more in the moment and riffing um, than in, than in ruins did right. because a lot of the bits were kind of based around riffs. Whereas the last one were last one in ruins was more so written from written material. Um, right. So we try to keep it like that. As a hypothetical, what, how would you do that special now? Oh my God. Like, currently like current day if yeah like, with like just walk me through what you might think of what how you pull it off i mean obviously i, I think eddie's material would work regardless i would how do it in a park i would do it in a park okay I would, and i would shoot it uh with like like four or five cameras um people walking by maybe have a few people maybe like have 10 20 people sitting in the park um you know social distance but yeah, also yeah. people walking by in the park. But yeah, maybe have some drone shots. It would be would it like be at that park. It, it, I forget where it is. It in Santa yeah, Clarita, the, the oh. Found Art Park. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, that's funny. The Found no, Art. No, I don't. Art I don't park. know that. I don't know that one. Yeah, there was um, you know, some comedians like going there because it's just a like joyfully depressing looking like collection of junk. Oh my God. It looks like, it, it, I mean, there's uh, it's a very post-apocalyptic looking thing where there's like a carousel that's all beaten up and like uh, wow. eroded that's and so shit. Funny. Yeah. I mean, Eddie doing that outside with like 10 people. <laughs> Maybe that's a good idea. We should do Eddie in a park. Uh, just get a bunch of, yeah. A bunch of people Everyone's and... dressed like they're in Mad Max. <laughs> Well, Eddie just put out a special, so we got to hopefully people keep right. watching that one. And then, yeah. and then maybe, maybe early next year, we do this one if we're still do in it this through one. a megaphone instead of a mic. <laughs> yeah, I would love to, to. I would love to figure out how to do a special now. It's just, you know, there's just so many restrictions. And I, I don't really want to do the drive in thing. Right. I know that's already been kind of done. And, right. you know, inside is obviously off the limits in the United States right now. So right. I'm trying to figure it out. Maybe there's something outside. Yeah, how about how about Eddie on top of a skyscraper with a megaphone, <laughs> and people just watching below? That's funny. Or like his what was the um, come together the Beatles final concert on top of the uh, Apple building in uh, in yeah. London? 
<laughs> Eddie can do his uh, final concert. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's just a running bit of like, can you hear me? Uh, <laughs> people, people in masks on the on the ground just looking up. At That's so that'd fun. be great. Let's that'd do it. Fun. Yeah. Um, are you working on anything else? I know you said you're writing projects, but I mean, what are yeah. you looking forward to? I mean, is there anything you were thinking about shooting? Um, I don't know. You say you go on drives. You're gonna do your own version of Drive. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna do drive. We're gonna do uh, yeah. Drive two. Yes, alleged boogaloo. I'm gonna do no, no. I think right now I'm just I'm I'm, I'm thinking about a couple documentaries. I have one that I'm pitching. Um, there's one that I have to do when it's safer in the world. So I'm kind of taking my time with it. Yeah. Are you uh, running into a lot of that? I see. I feel like a lot of things are getting lined up, but it's like. Well, when are any of these things going to shoot? I think things are getting lined up, but I also know that uh, networks are hesitant to buy things right now until sure. we know when the vaccine's coming, uh, especially bigger budget uh, things that require lots of crew and all that. Um, but, you know, I have we have a couple like lo-fi, like small things that, that I'm thinking about filming over the next month or two that are, are they, safe. Are they Mumblecore? I feel like Mumblecore should make a comeback because that's what's doable production-wise. Mumblecore could work, yeah, inside, like maybe a couple characters in a house. If they already live together, maybe that could yeah. work. There's a lot of just walking outside aimlessly, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know some somebody's making like a horror thing in their house or something, a horror film, and I'm like, all right, good for you. I don't want to do that, but you know, right. <laughs> um, I just, you know, I'm, yeah. The answer is hopefully next year. You know, I'll have some things that we're gonna we're gonna shoot. Hopefully, right. a documentary. Hopefully, um, a TV show if we get, if we're lucky enough to to sell it. You know? Yeah. And other than that, comedy specials will be back one day. We'll start doing those again. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to do one without an audience? <laughs> Maybe. Hey, if the money's there and the comic, I, li- I like the comic. I will say Jamel Johnson made one without an audience at the Lyric Hyperion. And it kind I, I of love, I love Jamel so much. That was so But fun. that's like, his comedy works like that. Yeah. Not yeah. everybody's does. Yeah. He is very special. That was a great, that was a great idea. He did that early on in the, like the first week or two of the yeah, first week or two yeah i think it was fun i mean you sense this urgency to it and then that was undercut by like just goofy ass sound effects and like yeah they yeah. added, added a chiron to it and it's just like what i love when he screams it's like it's so loud but it still like seems like not aggressive at the same time it's still like loving even when he yells at the top of his lungs it's so because yeah. he's just goofy through and through man yeah, yeah, he's one yeah. of my favorite comics. Well, yeah, I mean, he has the energy and the presence that fills the frame. I mean, I think that's what I've sort of gathered through watching all the Zoom and the, like live stream shows is that when you know you're not having people laughing, mm-hmm. there's and you're in your house and think like it's so distant from the traditional setup of like a comedy venue mm-hmm. um, that there's all these distractions, there's mm-hmm. all these things to pull your different att- your there's- attention away from stuff. Yeah, and um, you, you have to compensate, uh, which is why a lot of people have gotten more physical. I think they've mugged a lot more with their face. Right. Oh, okay, interesting. Uh, I mean, because not everybody has like Todd Glass's uh, setup where you could just be. You no, actually, ninety-nine percent of comedians do not have Todd Glass's setup. 
I was trying to get Eddie to get like a, I mean, he just lives in an apartment in North Hollywood and I was just trying to get him a backdrop. I thought that'd be kind of funny for him right. to do stand-up shows with, with a nice little backdrop, but you know. Oh yeah. Tell me know. about that. How that's going for people that don't know. Uh, Steve uh, is an instrumental part of Eddie Pepitone's life from the bunker, a daily oh. live stream on Instagram live. It's a blessing and a curse. I mean, I love Eddie so much. And we, we did it as like a, like, oh, we'll do this for a few weeks or we'll just kind of like, like everything I do with Eddie is like uh, the documentary uh, when I first did it. I was like, we're going to do a little short documentary then it turned into a movie. To the Bitter Buddha and then you signed your life away to comedy after that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I had no choice. Um, and this one was just like, this is actually, I, I blame myself on this one. I, I told Eddie he, maybe he should do an Instagram live thing and then he's like, sure, I'll do it. I'll do it every day. And I'm like, okay, um, <laughs> every day. and he literally wanted to do it monday monday through sunday like every seven days a week and i was right. like uh i had to talk him down to doing it five days a week he really mm-hmm. wanted to and um and now i'm still helping him right. book it and help him i you know i throw jokes every once in a while and, and cool. give him the news of the day obviously there's no money in it or anything but it's you know it gives me structure Yes. Sure. Um, I think that's why he wanted to do it seven days a week. It gives him structure. It does give him structure and an outlet. Um, and I you know I love, and I think it's been actually really good for some people who like our daily listeners. Um, you know, there, there's not too many, but you know, uh, it's still nice. And I know that it, 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 it's a tough time for a lot of people. So if it, if oh it yeah, man, any, anything that people can grab on to, to get through the yeah. day, I think is what. Yeah. And it's keeping it, I think it's helping keep Eddie sharp too so that's oh yeah i can only imagine man yeah yeah so yeah all in all good thing but also he's done 100 110 episodes now 110 episodes that might be the most so paul feig with his um quarantine cocktail hour right only he stopped at 100 oh really yeah yeah i think we need an article i think we somebody needs to write an article yeah you've got paul feig beat we got paul feig beat we got eddie pepitone pushing forward (laughs) I got every every day, like, if I forget to send him the poster, like, I'm making the posters, too. For I mean, right. I have to, like, do a little bit of work on it. But right. uh, every day, Eddie is like, where's the poster? Like, if it's, like, 2 o'clock, he's like, where's the – Stevie, where's the poster? Do you got the poster? Mm-hmm. Hey, where, where are the news? What's the news of the day? Like, he's – like, I'm going to get it for him, but he's like, you know, it's so funny to be, like, Eddie's, like, uh, producer on this. It's, it's hilarious. What <laughs> news do you feed him? Do you feed, do you feed him, like, the silly news? Or, like, do you feed him, like, oh, Port- Portland people, protesters are getting snatched up by goons? It depends on how I feel that day. Honestly. Okay. When I wake up and I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm going to give – I usually give him one silly thing or one, like, um, you know, not to shit on Kumail. I like Kumail. But, like, you know, I give him, like, uh, something about, like, Kumail Nanjiani in the news. He's got his movies coming out, you know. That'll give Eddie something to talk about. Uh, <laughs> um, or, like, another comedian who's more successful than him that has something <laughs> something that he doesn't. Oh, oh yeah. You would mention Joe Rogan got paid, like, so many millions of dollars for, from Spotify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll That's a good one for Eddie to riff on. Um, you know, anything where people are doing really well while the world is crumbling um he, he has a fun time just jumping in on that all right Got it. meanwhile he'd be so happy to replace any of these people oh <laughs> sure as most of us would be yeah 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 which is what we love about eddie too you know? yeah no that's what makes him a man of the people yes he yeah. likes to say he won't do any commercials unless asked <laughs> <laughs> of course of yeah. course <laughs> oh god that's great just uh 
Imagine Eddie Pepitone doing Prilosec OTC commercials instead of Larry the Cable Guy. Uh, well, something really funny about that is that we, when we did the For the Masses when it came out, uh, a couple weeks after it came out, we got uh, the, the head of the CEO of Waze uh, uh, sent a thing on, on Twitter to Eddie about uh, he apologized, apologizing for all the, you know, sending him into the, you know, sending him in the wrong direction and up, <laughs> up into the hills where the wolves and the, and the coyotes. Just way off of the rant of his special. Yeah. The, <laughs> somehow got to the CEO of Waze uh, that he wasn't happy about Waze. So that was good. There's power in comedy to everybody. You just heard it. That a CEO of a fucking app. Bad. So now they follow each other, and and we joked we joked about how now it's, that's Eddie's lifeline. Now if something goes awry in Eddie's life, the the CEO of Waze uh, Is, slash whatever could Google this could this possibly translate to Eddie recording his voice for Waze? That's what I told Eddie. That's a great yeah. I, that's what they should. That's what he should pitch. I said I would yeah, love that so much. Thing. <laughs> because and i would hope he do do does it in a way where it's like where like it's not even about getting somewhere it's like where are you going really where are you doing <laughs> you want to turn right you want to turn left who gives a shit the people still have the they keep the audio on for those like the... you know i don't know i haven't had somebody in my car outside of my roommate for months oh uh, right <laughs> that's funny yeah, so maybe maybe not, but maybe maybe Eddie can do something for for ways. You know, let's let's think about it. Eddie yeah. really needs, to, needs yeah. to get on it. You know, he needs to get on it. I definitely, Eddie Pepitone should be more out there for sure. You, you everyone should watch In Ruins and The Bitter Buddha and For the Masses. Masses. Yeah, uh, they're all all great. Um, well, we're almost done here. I just got one question. Unless, is there anything else you want to bring up that you're going on working on? No, oh no, I I, I feel like I vaguely mentioned counter uh, cancel culture earlier. Not to be like, you know, people are probably cancel like, culture, oh, what is right. his opinion on cancel culture? He's a creep, this guy. You know, it's a. Uh, you're gonna get canceled you know maybe you did something wrong maybe maybe there's a reason or maybe uh just listen to people's grievances i think uh-huh. i think all this anger about it is uh uh you know i yes i love noam chomsky yes mm-hmm. i love i like matt taibbi i like a lot of these people mm-hmm. uh i think they're everybody's a little out of touch and i think it's it's upsetting that a lot of comics to our uh it sort of morphs into i can't say anything anymore and that just becomes a larger a larger uh, beef that they have against, you know, progressives and liberals and people uh, of color that they think are too sensitive. Um, yeah. I think it's just, it's just upsetting to see that snowball into a place that I, I, I and think. Then, is- and then you're going to be in uh, Adam Carolla and Dennis Prager's documentary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I'll stay out of it, but you know, Hey, it's tough to watch, especially now when everybody's home and, uh, and all this police violence and, and all that. And, and, uh, you know, I'm not like, and again, I'm not for canceling everybody, you know, some yeah. people don't need to get canceled. Maybe somebody made a dumb tweet, you know, uh, I have a lot of comedian friends who said dumb things 10 years ago on Twitter. Uh, I don't think everybody has to get canceled for that, but yeah, I mean, I got a couple of thoughts on that. Uh, you know, you, Getting getting quote unquote canceled actually, I mean, while you know there might be an, an initial wave of uh, depending on what you did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's, you know, yeah, if you're a rapist, you deserve to lo- lose everything. 
Yeah, if you're having sex with kids or you're a rapist in any way, which is rape, obviously, but if you're doing any of that, yeah, time to lose your Netflix deal, man, or whatever you got. Like, maybe you don't need to work with with these corporations that are, you know, that have a big outlet to many millions of people. Maybe it's time to cut ties with those places. You made enough money. I'm not, you know, going to name names, but I think we we kind of know a few of these people. But there are a lot of people who get quote unquote canceled. As I've seen, one of my favorite shows I keep shouting out because it deserves to be shouted out all the time because it's fantastic is Beta Mm. Way. A lot of times she has- I love that. I love, yeah. It's so, so good. And a lot of times, as you've seen, she'll get people that have been quote unquote canceled. But I mean, really, have they been? Because they still have a huge following. That's the whole thing. Cancel- Canceling doesn't even fully mean you're getting your careers over. Yeah, Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Um, and if anyone has watched Search Party, I mean, I think there's something to be gleaned. There's a part of it. And I mean, if you haven't caught up, I'm sorry to ruin this for you. But um, John Early's character, Elliot Goss, supposedly yeah. gets canceled because he's lying about cancer. Uh, and then he gets a fucking book deal about being a liar. <laughs> so it's like, did he really get canceled? Yeah, I didn't get canceled. Yeah, it's such a vague term. And, and also like comics, just bringing back to comics who say they can't say anything more, anymore and and you know, go, nobody's telling you, you know, you're, you can say whatever you want to whatever awful audience you want to do that for, you know, that's Donald Trump has an audience, you know, big audience. So if you want to go speak to people that are, uh, that feel the way you feel, they're going to be there. You know, there's nobody shutting down comedy for somebody who wants to have their own podcast. Uh, you know, it's happening. I, I, you know, there, there was a, there was, I was at a bar show in 2019 um, and there was a guy who asked me about like, you know, this very topic, not specifically cancel culture, but the comedians like being able to say anything. And mm. what I told him was, you're allowed to say anything in comedy. I mean, the hope is that you're going for something comedic, but right. you know, that's kind of up to the eye of the beholder. Um, but the also, on the other end, the audience is allowed to feel however they want to feel about it. Yes, exactly. And neither one negates the other. You can mm-hmm. say what you want, but everyone's allowed to be offended or love what you say or yeah. actually, or feel no tr- Like those can coexist. And there's this, I think, misguided idea that somebody not liking what you're saying means you can't say it. You can right. still say it. It's just that that person's going to hate it. Deal with the consequences. Deal with it. You know, and if you don't want them to heckle during the show, which is reasonable, I I don't like hecklers either. Um, if they're gonna go home and they're gonna write a blog about it, or if they're gonna tweet about it, mm-hmm. they're they they can do whatever the fuck they want. It's freedom of speech yep. on their end as well. So just deal with it and and uh, suck it up. You know, yeah, that is how free speech truly works. Yes, exactly. And I don't know. I mean, it's not even asking you to be funnier or better, but perhaps be more thoughtful. Right. Right. Absolutely. So yeah, we're on the same page here. I just, you know, it's uh, but you know, and it, there's going to be varying degrees of people getting canceled that maybe are like whatever quote unquote canceled um, that maybe, you know, it's not the word. Maybe they didn't do something that's, you know, terrible, but maybe it was a little insensitive um, right. and they're going to get railroaded on Twitter and that's going to be brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you can really control that. That's just kind right. of like, it's it's mob mentality and that happens in everything you know that's what twitter is twitter's sure. turned into that facebook as well so yeah. it's not like you can't 
like this this letter about can- cancel culture um, that everybody signed on to. It's well, it's it's good. It's great that you know that people are thoughtful and thinking about it in, in a nuanced way. Right. But just to eliminate that mindset is also, I think, poisonous. To be like, to go back and say, now let let people just say things terrible, racist things without being um, without maybe having some uh, right some reaction or some judgment against them. I don't know. Fuck it. Yeah, but uh, that I mean, again, pe- people think there's this finality to being canceled, and you know, if you're Harvey Weinstein, yeah, you have been permanently canceled. Uh, right. But there are a lot of people that aren't, you know. Um, yeah. Even, True. you know, what's interesting is there are ple- people that I know that are like, you know, radical, revolutionary feminists. And yeah. Sometimes, I mean, they'll probably try to not do this anymore, but they'll like quote moments from Louis. Right. Right. Oh, there you, you know, go. They'll be like, I. It's from the guy, and I fucking hate him. But that's that, the whole thing. There's a lot of hypocrites. Uh, that's also, that's the thing too. And I, I'll, I won't name the name of the person I was talking to about this yesterday, but yeah, hi, hypocrites galore, uh, especially in comedy. Um, people who looked up to Louis, mm-hmm. people who really, you know. Now even? People who did look up to Louis. Well, I mean, we. And even, well, even after they knew, even after they knew. Things, oh, okay. That's different. You know what I mean? Um, that. You know, and that goes for not just Louis, but a lot of bad people. And 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 then it's tough. It's tough to have it both ways. You know, I don't know. <sighs> I I to those start. people, I would say that there's always somebody else that's just as funny, if not funnier. And it's yeah. sad that you're losing something that you grew up with, or you really loved, or got you through a tough time in your life. But I mean, you got to ask yourself: Can you really engage with all that stuff the same way anymore? Because like, I can't. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I, I the week that that New York Times profile of Louis broke out, I re-listened to Hilarious, and it was so disturbing. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, not comedy doesn't always doesn't always hold up. I mean, go watch Eddie Murphy's Raw. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna cringe. I mean, yeah, there's some really funny moments, but there's some really fucked up stuff in that, and you're gonna be like, uh, I mean, if you're really going with it and laughing still with some of that stuff, I think it's on you to like maybe look in the mirror because oh yeah. Oh, the last several decades, I mean, I'm sure that if you're somebody that is standing on the principle that, like, people uh, shouldn't be doing impersonations of other races and other ethnicities, like, oh, man, you're not going to have a fun time rewatching decades and decades of stand-up. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's tough because I know a lot. I mean, we know a lot of these people that have that have you know, been quote unquote canceled or temporarily canceled and all that. Right. And um, yeah, and I think everybody being home right now and, and getting into fights on Twitter and getting into fights. Well, not there. only people are going are at home, but I, you know, I think it's been this way since 2016 where they're going yeah. to bed with a pitchfork. They wake up with a pitchfork. They want to be right. angry. They need to sit for something to be angry yeah. at because the world is so fucked up. Yeah. It's a new, it's a, it's a nuanced issue there's no it, there's definitely a gray area like every major issue right. it can't be all right and it can't be all wrong and i don't think canceling everybody's a good thing who's who said something who said something a little off or you know but also you know some people definitely deserve to be canceled it's just uh right. let's just go case by case is always nice i think that's always a yeah. good way to go yeah that. case by case but also like so people the people that are really offended by you know, that might be the spark to whatever this, like, a specific issue of cancellation might be. 
you know, hear them out. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Absolutely. It doesn't hurt. Why, why are they so mad? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I agree. yeah, maybe like, maybe you disagree, but like, obviously they felt that way for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you're not in their shoes clearly. Um, yeah. Otherwise you wouldn't be doubling down right. on why you think it's funny or why you, you know, mm -hmm. why you feel this way. I remember the last time I got heckled was because I didn't give this person outside $5. <laughs> I was at a show in Island Park. You deserve that though, uh, Jake. You deserve that. You had $5. <laughs> Just kidding. You know, I, actually, I did not have $5 on me, Steve. I did not have your, uh, you could have given him like uh, your ascot or something. You know, this is the crazy thing about it, it. This person did not seem like they were unhoused. They just seemed like a normal person on the street that, I mean, they looked It was just like, Phil Burgers. It was just Phil Burgers. It might have been, yeah. It could have been Phil Burgers of disguise. And I, I, I know, I know Phil's tricks. So I was like, uh, no, I'm okay. And I just kept walking. <laughs> and they followed me into this bar and they didn't heckle anybody for the rest of the, the entire show until oh. I got it. Oh my God. Well, you, you got a target on your back. You you look like a <laughs> but, <laughs> you look like royalty. That's the problem. You're dressed. Yeah. Well. well, yeah. I'm sorry that I I consciously shop uh, thrift and vintage and don't create uh, more. I think, I think we're gonna see a shift in you in uh, 2021, my friend. I think when the world oh, yeah. is, world has um, collapsed and the uh, mm -hmm. it's gonna be ch and children of men is uh, the mm -hmm. new reality. You're not gonna be walking outside uh, looking like um, <laughs> I have the reference. But uh, <laughs> Chauncey Gardner is what I was thinking sure. for some reason, but not about you personally. I maybe I I won't I won't commit to that, but I will say that if you do see me in a t-shirt and jeans outside, you know that we truly all fucked, and there's it's all <laughs> that's a good that's that's beautiful. Yeah, because that's I beautiful. I I the, me dressing up is one of the things I'm desperately holding on to. Even in the dead of summer, when we're in a pandemic, you're walking outside with uh with everything all. Well, I mean, it's weather appropriate, so it'll be a linen shirt and linen shorts. pants. No shorts. No, no. And I'm not on board for shorts. I know, <laughs> I know I say this line a lot. I don't know if I've said it on this podcast, but I know we live in an age of body positivity and we're supposed to love and accept our bodies. But in that, I feel like I have the agency over my own body to say that I do not like my legs in shorts. I am wearing shorts right now, and I am, I am a big fan of shorts. Mm -hmm. Pro Comfort shorts. Is key. Comfort is key. Hey, I'm not. I'm not saying that people shouldn't be wearing shorts. I just don't personally like the way that I look, given my vibe and aesthetic, uh, with shorts. Well, you're canceled. So. <laughs> Bring it on, man! Come at me. <laughs> oh, man. Um, one last question: Do you have any predictions um, for what comedy will be like post pandemic? Mm, well, I already said children of men, so I can't say that again. Um, no, I really, post-pandemic, that's a tough one. I mean, like, if you're saying, I mean, hopefully, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the optimistic view that we'll have a vaccine by the end of the year, early next year for some right. people, maybe not everybody, right. some people. And then by middle maybe April, May, June of next year, we'll start to see our first real comedy shows again inside comedy store, improv those places and other venues. And I think we'll be taking temperatures and, and uh, asking questions whether you were around anybody with COVID and all that, but everybody has to maybe have a, 
maybe he has to have a vaccine. Said so they took had the vaccine. I don't know if that's going to happen. I know that's a conspiracy. People don't like to, but I think there's going to be a little bit of that, like fear next year, especially maybe the year after will be different. But yeah, I think comedy will. I think comedy will be back. I think stand up will be back. I think venues. What do you think well, material-wise, I don't know. There's a million. I mean, any people. anything. I mean, it could be like how shows are run. You know, maybe there are less performers on the lineup because then they wouldn't have to worry about so many uh, people being on stage. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely a possibility. Yeah, I think that I think maybe less performers. Maybe the shows uh, maybe are spread out in the audience are a little bit more. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm more interested in hearing about what the, what comics are going to talk, going to talk about, like, how can you have observational comedy about dating after, uh, this has all happened. But I, you know, I think that's going to be, that's going to be a really funny, um, pickle for people to be in. I think that like, especially, um, and I hate to say it, especially lesser known and, and maybe less established comedians that are going to have to, um, figure it out. And sure. it's going to, it's not going to be easy no. if you're, developing your voice and at the same time have to maybe avoid talking about superficial shit, um, sure. which is kind of what the early days of your career is usually. Right. Um, but why would you even want to? I know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but I, it's going to be a ch- I mean, how do you talk about heavy stuff either? If you don't really, if you're not used to, you know, um, you, I'll say this because I've been to open mics on zoom and stuff. Yeah. Um, you'd bomb the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll be more okay. So then your answer is it'll be a lot more bombing, um, <laughs> but this time uh, the stakes will be higher. Sure, sure. There sure. you go. There you go. I mean, but no, and I do think comedy will be back. I don't think this is the end of comedy. Oh yet. no, no, no! Comedy will always be around. Stand up will always be around. All that stuff will still be around. It'll be different. For sure. Yeah, it'll be different. It'll be different. Um, but yeah, I'm hopeful. We'll get through it. And uh, well, as long as Trump isn't elected again so then that then i feel like we'll we'll be good if if trump is uh reelected then i have some fears about how long it's going to take for us to get back uh mm-hmm. to the stage i think that yeah. could be a little bit scarier but yeah well we'll Maybe. see about that um, <laughs> sorry to yeah no. dark note it's okay i think you just have trump versus bernie on the brain buddy oh my god well they put the kibosh on bernie so you know we just have to suck it up now. Uh, yeah. Suck it up and vote for Biden. That's my that's my unfortunate uh Yeah. Belief. Angela Davis said settle for Biden. I'm with her. And, no, and no, like no, the, the one of the most leftist people out there who is this like the stakes are too high. You can't go this Supreme Court, it's too much. I would actually say this in a, in you know an ongoing quest to find silver linings if you have any energy to do so. Um, Joe Biden is unsatisfying enough of a candidate where perhaps if he gets elected, people will still be motivated to be politically active. Yeah, because I actually like remember when Obama got elected, like, oh, everything's solved. We don't have to do anything anymore. Yes, I actually think that's a great point. And I'll, I'll also add that uh, I think that Biden is maybe the right president for this moment because he can bring people together, um, you know, in a way that older people specifically, right. um, but can unite the country in an easier way than maybe a progressive would be able to considering the pandemic and the white supremacy and all that. He has a little, he just has that ability. Um, and he's just, uh, you know, seems like he's probably, you know, 
generally an okay guy. You know, I don't think anybody thinks he's he's a lizard <laughs> lizard man. You right. know, um, right. I don't think he's a conspiracy. Like he's he's not he's not connected to the Epstein uh, mm-hmm. thing. He seems like a relatively decent family man. Might be a bit of a creep. I don't know. Yeah, there's that allegation that'll be looming. The whole time. Oh, that is true. I don't want to. Yeah, you're right. I don't want to discount that. That is very. Yes, I don't want to discount that. You're right. Okay, so everybody's a fucking creep. <laughs> but, seems like never burned. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's not. I mean, like if you hear the allegations about Trump, it's way worse. Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking for. I guess I'm just looking for hope here. And uh, oh, I get it, man. I we all are. But yeah, I think Biden, if he picks a decent VP in the next few weeks and uh, gets everybody behind it and keeps keeps pushing and they keep him in the basement maybe we'll win yeah well no i mean well if you're looking for up like i was saying if he does get elected uh, i mean there are enough people that i are have gotten motivated to like do the work of like showing up at council meetings and like learning your city council members your county board supervisors and yeah yeah taking part those yeah, people, people aren't going any, away anymore Yes, and, and I, I also think Biden wants to be liked. I think he knows he probably only has one term, most likely, um, and I think he wants to be loved, and I think he will go with whatever the the wind is kind of pushing him, the, the Democratic uh, wind is sort of pushing him towards. Right. I don't think he – I don't think like Hillary, he's just like – only listening to the banks or only listening to you know these these foreign policy people i think he's open to pushing a little bit more um towards the future of the democratic party which i know people listening to this might not agree with but Mm -hmm. i do think i do think there's more Mm -hmm. of a hope with him than there would have been with a candidate like pete Buttigieg, or or there was with hillary i think we have a little bit more of a window and to tie it back into comedy, if he gets elected, you perhaps James Adomian, who I think does one of the best Biden impressions, will get more, more notoriety as he'll have to do it more. <laughs> yes, yes, there will be. I wonder if there's going to be a Biden versus Trump uh, coming on soon. We'll see. We'll see. If I mean, he... I wouldn't be surprised if there's talks of it, you know. I got to give James a call. <laughs> <laughs> Go listen I'm... to the underculture, everybody. Uh, anyways, um, for the masses, uh, just released this year, uh, one of the best specials. Uh, really, look up any Steve thing that Steven's done. Uh, he got an award for a short that he um, directed and co-wrote. Uh, is that right? Did I get that yeah, right? With, yeah, with David, David Bory. Uh, forget what we won. We won something, uh, but we did. Yeah, it was on Vimeo staff picks. But you can find mm-hmm. it a lot, a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah, we were Webby. We were Webbies. We the Webby, a hey, that's the premier web uh, uh, award yeah. to win. Um, we were in yeah. ruins. The bitter Buddha. Uh, there are numerous specials that uh, Stephen has directed. Uh, on top of that, I really go for all of his work. Um, where can people find you online? Is there anything else you'd like to promote? No, just find me at Stephen Fine Arts on Twitter and on Instagram, and I'll be there. But um, no, just check out For the Masses. Tell your friends, you know, Eddie Pepitone. Um, just trying to spread the word on that one. That's all right. I got right now. Yeah, and it'll be in the show notes, but Fine Arts is spelled F-E-I-N-A-R-T-Z. You got it. That's it. Yep. It's a real name, I swear to God. A real, yep, it is. Sadly. Sadly. Yeah. Um, I am Jay Kroger. Uh I created the Comedy Bureau. I run the Comedy Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com and at 
the Economy Bureau across platforms. You can find me on Instagram at not the supermarket or on Twitter at MF Jake Kroger. Uh, you know, there are a lot of causes to support right now. If you've done all of those, uh, I also need some help. So there's Venmo, there's GoFundMe, uh, there's a Patreon, and those will all be in the show notes for the Comedy Bureau. I would really, really appreciate it, especially uh, this month, the pandemic uh, unemployment insurance supposedly running out. Um, you know, I think uh, for optics sake, they're going to have to pass something, even if it's shitty, to give us more money, but we'll see. Fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything uh, to say as we sign off here? Um, get in the streets get safely. The street. Any yeah. more opportunities to get in the streets? Uh, hopefully, hopefully revolting against uh, Trump in the next month or two about this awful, awful use of the Homeland Security in our, in our city streets. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's just fight back. That's all I got. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Uh, I'd like to say as we sign off here, comedy is still happening. And as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it. You got it. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Guineo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.